1: Well, welcome to Take 10. We come to you every week with an issue and a topic that deals with mental health and how that relates to caregiving and more. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Jamie Heisman. Dr. Heisman is the Chief Compassion Officer for Project Omega. Social entrepreneurship, advocacy, and innovation are a lot of what he is all about. He's had more than 30 years encompassing both for-profit and non-profit leadership roles. He is a nationally known psychotherapist, and an expert on caregiving as well as addictions. And Tina Smith is manager of caregiver program operations for the Caregiver SOS program at the WellMed Charitable Foundation. She's got a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in social gerontology. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are delighted to begin Take 10 with a topic, Dr. Jamie and Tina, that really spins out of the tragedy in Uvalde where 21 people were gunned down Uh, by an active shooter. uh, One of those who was killed, a teacher who taught at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, and the next day, her husband died of a heart attack. And that brings up the question, Dr. Jamie, is there such a thing as broken heart syndrome? There is, Ron, and
2: it's a good thing for some people, and it's a terrible thing for others, and I'll explain why. I mean, the American Heart Association has talked about it, and it's a great time to get in front of things in terms of what's going on inside of you. When somebody passes away and then you are so connected to them that, you know, not too long after or months after, even when somebody doesn't suspect it, uh, your loved one passes because they were so connected to them. You know, we're calling that in the paper, the broken heart syndrome, I think you're referring to. And the American Heart Association would say, sometimes you don't die after your loved one. but there are signs where your body is showing breakdown medically, medical challenges. And that's a time when to feel and hear your body and, and repair it. So broken heart syndrome to them is can something that can be repaired. Something you're talking about within Uvalde is an interesting phenomenon that even as a psychologist, we have a difficult time explaining. Um, but If I had to throw a hypothesis out, I'd say that the neurological system of those two, because I read about it, they were so connected since childhood, the sweethearts, that when one was not there, the whole neurological system would go into that fight, flight, freeze, and the body would react.
1: So you can think of yourself dead. I think you
2: can. As a matter of fact, the freeze response literally is like the species of any animal that, that, that really dies in front of its predator, but doesn't, you know, it's basically plays dead like possum. Um, that's the freeze response. But to be frank with you, this neurological issue, we, we've, we've never really gotten in touch as, as humans with our neural neuro, neurological system, our autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and parasympathetic has been with us since the day we were born. And that's a trauma in and of itself. when we come out of our parents after nine months of, Peace and serenity, but that system which runs our heart, runs our lungs, and does things twenty four hours like a card would do, is going all the time. But it's affected by our brain, our our fight fight flight freeze response, or it's stress which floods us like cortisol, like uh, uh, you know inflammation. So our bodies can shift, and our autonomic nervous system shifts, and if it's just enough to put us over the edge, like this tragic case, maybe in Valde. Um, yeah, things can happen. We
1: can pass. Now, I don't want to let slip by something you just said, which uh, frankly, I never even thought about it, but it is true. For nine months, you're floating away in peace and serenity mm. in your mother's womb, and then mm. boom, you're in the real world. Absolutely. What is that that's, like? What happens?
2: That's trauma. I mean, literally trauma. I mean, now a lot of kids, and I must say in very difficult environments whose parents are addicted like on crack or cocaine or something else are already not having the most peaceful gestation they're just not conscious of it but take a normal pregnancy I mean, you come out and somebody smacks you in the rear end in some hospital two in the morning i mean that's your first time your neurological system is really kind of assaulted if you will and i don't think we pay attention to our neurology or befriend our neurological system from that point on and i think you know covid has now taught us a little bit even at well that we need to befriend our system.
1: Now, if you've just joined us, you are listening to Take 10. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host Tina Smith and Dr. Jamie Heisman. We're talking about uh, the phenomenon of broken heart syndrome, where two people very much in love, one dies, and within days or weeks, the other one dies. And, and when you think about it, Dr. Jamie, uh, this happens more often than we might think. I'm dealing with it right now, Ron. My friend, uh,
2: Rob, who was my producer on the the Lisa show and and even for my mom and I, he lost his mother three months ago and then I helped him as much as I could through that. And then he says, father, who's semi-okay, he was going to take care of. And his father just passed this past week. And all I kept saying to Rob was, you know, this happens, right? This neurological thing happens. And he said to himself uh, and he said to his wife, look, um, I think my father really knew where he wanted to be. His father really felt so connected to his mother, we were married for 47 years, that it didn't surprise him. His anticipatory grief from caregiving with his mom, he said he had to tap into simply to deal with his father's loss this week.
1: Uh, Tina, I when, I'm, I'm sorry, I was going to say, when you talk to caregivers, Tina, uh, do you hear about this? I mean, I certainly have heard about it before. It's not something that... Um... We, we deal with a lot, but it is something I, I have seen uh, before I used to work in long-term care and I would see I, I saw that a few times happen whether it was a, a spouse. but I've seen it also with a, um, a son who was very connected to his mother after she passed away. Um, but I, I was wondering, is are there any signs that the the, the surviving spouse or, or whoever is is struggling or heading down that path? I mean, is there anything that can be noticed?
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting you say that, um, Tino. I know you're always spot on with caregivers. So the fight, flight, freeze response after somebody passes the partner or in your case, you mentioned the, the son or the, the mom. Well, we're very interconnected. Obviously, we can see if somebody's hypervigilant, their eyes wide open, they're they're absolutely angry or upset. That's the, the autonomic system. But there's a great book out there called The Body Keeps the Score. So I do think that you have to be very hyper uh, vigilant in terms of a loved one after one passes, because all of this could red flag, all of this could come up. And so anything that could be shift or change medically in somebody's body, the partner, or even if you watch the neurological system and the anxiety and, and de- depression and stress is so much, I'd get them into a provider, whether it was a behavioral health provider or a
1: medical provider. I'd be
2: very, very cautious when somebody Passes of those who are closest to them.
1: I remember when my dad died, we were worried about my mom. They'd been married for over 65 years and and really got along. You'd see them both in their 80s toddling down the street, holding hands. And after my dad died, he'd had dementia for several years. But when he died, uh, we were very worried about my mom. And I remember saying to her, Dr. Jamie, mom, I think you're depressed. And my mom had a great sense of humor. She said, Ronnie, Your dad's dead. Of course I'm depressed. I took that as a good sign. You did. Up until
2: about six months after, if that would happen. Then you'd start talking about it as being complicated grief reaction, right? So I mean it's always good to be very mindful that everything is solvable, Tina. So but we have to be extraordinarily mindful on the medical issues that are associated with the loved one that's passes. Listen. We Our neuro- neurological system wants routine, right? So what I do literally for a living, is give stress reduction or ways to put in ways to calm our nervous system in our routines. When you disrupt that routine, as you do two close people like Ron's talking about his mom and your dad, then all of a sudden all bets are off. The neurological system goes into its kind of peripatetic roller coaster up and down piece. And goes through fight and flight and uh, fight, flight and freeze.
1: That's why we have to develop such
2: resilience beforehand before all these crises occur.
1: And how do you do that? Got about thirty seconds.
2: Well, you know that's really taking your oxygen first, Ron. That that means that you know, as my daughter says, "poop happens," right? She's eleven, right? So I <laughs> clean that up for our audience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so you better be investing in a bank account called resilience because it's going to happen. Something's going to happen. You know, it's just life is like that. Like, you know, they say pain is inevitable, but suffering is not. And so if you want to build resilience, get ready for the pain, but make sure you have a bank account full of
1: resilience. And it doesn't hurt to talk to someone like you. No, in
2: fact, you need to find a safe place to cry, emote, and especially after a loved one uh, passes to be able really somebody else to monitor you as well. So to Tina's point, bring in somebody else
1: too. Dr. Jamie, thank you. Tina Smith, thank you very much. I'm Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Take 10.